Tuesdays with Noah and Gav, brought to you by the TV Arc and the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Gav. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, uh, in, in usual Tuesdays fashion. I think this has basically just become the format of the show, brother. Um, we do it absolutely at the absolute last possible minute, and tonight we're throwing in even another hurdle, because we're not even in the same room. We're doing this over the phone, so... Apologies in advance for any dips in the audio quality. We're still figuring this whole thing out. <clears throat> Anyways, we got to talk episode four. Yeah, we We, we got to do it. You know, we, we built it up quite a bit last week. Uh, so let's just start at the top. What did it deliver? What would you make of episode four entitled The Hour and the Day? Uh, I mean... I think it completely did what we wanted it to do by not doing what we thought it would do. You know? Okay. Cause Definitely. I'm waiting, I'm waiting again all day for this this big <laughs> fight, this big battle. And now I got to wait till next week. And you week, and you week. even have an extra what? Like 8 minutes on the episode count? Yeah. Like it was a slightly longer episode, so you're totally. I lost myself in it. I don't know about you. And again, we assume you've seen the episode, so we're gonna jump all over the place. But dude, they're ramping up, and like at no point in my head am I like, oh, I, like this. This is it. They're gonna chop it off because I'm like, this is this is season two. You know, the big shootout, like huge action set piece, and you see the claymore come out. You see the bag full of guns. Which I was wrong about. I did think it was an M60, but it is just It's just a, a bag bunch of, guns. of bunch of guns. Uh, I definitely saw at least one or two AKs in there. Uh, I think we saw at least two Claymores, one at the front door. Um, but anyways, and you're ramping it up very conveniently. I don't know how the timing works out on all of this. But uh, Roland and Wayne show up just just before things completely pop off and we're we're ready for it and then boom cut to black and i was just like what what yeah i was 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 initially i was initially very upset okay me too but i i was like okay literally last week all i asked for is i was like i just want it to subvert my expectations and it certainly fucking did (laughs) (laughs) um earlier in the episode when they chase down the lead of Sam Whitehead, a uh, a milky-eyed African-American gentleman who lives in what what is it Davis County, the Davis the black Station. side of Davis Station, excuse me, the the black community uh, here in our small town, and so this is the first time we get to any of that. And of course, dude, as soon as they're in that trailer and like the mob is growing outside. You're like, all right, here it comes. Oh, yeah, because pull- you see the rolling shot I've been talking about this entire podcast. Like, yeah, that happens which ends this. up being, yeah, and it's a clot of dirt. But that yeah. that escalation, uh, and throughout this episode, you know, we've talked about how nice and subtle a lot of the uh, the racial subtext has been thus far. 
Um, I felt like things were definitely a little less subtle, but like it has built to that point um, over the course of the season. But I mean, literally, when they're having it out on the front lawn in front of this trailer, like all of that's coming to a head. And you're also seeing how like Wayne is like trapped between these two worlds because he's not really, you know, respected as a detective. They don't take him seriously. He has to do everything through Roland. And then this community he's ostracized from because they're like, what are you doing with the badge, man? Like, this is the side you're on, basically. I love it. He's like, and how you going to wear that badge? It's got a little clip on it. Yes. That, <laughs> that was one of the best lines from the original, uh, like, first teaser for the show. Uh, and definitely delivered here. Uh, we should go ahead and say that this is, this is the Milch episode. He's a credited writer. We don't know how much other little tidbits he had throughout the season. Little flourishes maybe here and there. But apparently, just this episode specifically. And I know you're not a Deadwood viewer, uh, which I still... I've got the box set. You should go through it. Um, Mom loves that show, by the way. Which is crazy, because you know how she feels about vulgarity in some cases. But she loves that show. Uh, But yeah, I don't know if you could tell a noticeable difference. uh, But are there any particular scenes that stood out to you or lines where you were like, oh, I dug that. Because I think there's definitely three key scenes that are clearly Milch. Almost like, just take over here. Do you want my like my line of the episode? Because I'll tell you sure. right now. Okay, go for it. I know brothers inside that would tear your guts up. Fucking you stupid. Okay. That any... That's your favorite line of the entire episode. I just... It, it, I don't know why it's a thing. He went back to the well again, and I love, <laughs> I love that Roland calls him on it, or like actually brings it up. He's like, you go into the rape well a lot, man. I forget how he phrases it, but, oh, dude. That didn't make me laugh. Me? I knew you'd enjoy, oh yeah, is there something you want to tell me? <laughs> I do, but I did, well, we, real quick, you were talking about how there was a, um, you know, the, we're getting into the racial stuff, and I did think it was telling that when they're on the car ride back, he was like, the fact that there were a bunch of, you know, black people around gave me pause. But he mm-hmm. says, a crowd of white people surrounds me and mobs me, breaks my window, I'd be a lot less hesitant. Right. So, so I don't know if that's to mean, like, yeah, if I shot a bunch of white people, it wouldn't be a big deal. Or if that means... I'm not so worried about them, like black people, because like obviously he works with um, with Wayne, and they've both been through Nam and you know military mm-hmm. service and all that can kind of kick that shit out of you if you want to say if if you want for sure absolutely but the idea that he's like yeah you know this happened they broke my windshield we'll just say it's vandals not worried about it I wasn't gonna do what they think I'm gonna do I think that does kind of bleed you kind of see. This has bled over from other episodes, but you're kind of starting to see, like, you know, that coupled with the dialogue with um, Tom Purcell, with just uh, uh, yeah, where like we start Purcell to see, like, yeah, where we start to see their bonds kind of come through. And he tells mm-hmm. him, he's like, he's the best detective on this case. Like, yeah, we have no doubts that while everything kind of has to run through Roland, that he was the best person to be looking at this and for whatever reason which we still don't know and we'll hopefully find out soon he got fucked over 
Yeah. I don't know if it has something to do with this battle that we're going to see next episode or what. Do you, uh, that, I guess that's my other big question for you. Do you think we see that scene? Or do you think we fade up next episode and we see the aftermath and we never actually see the shootout itself? Uh, I think we may get told it. If we don't if we don't see it verbatim next thing drawn out in its entirety, then we aren't going to see it. We'll get it in, in little bits and pieces and, and flashbacks. That's what's going to well, happen. Because I definitely feel like that's kind of that will close the door or very much could close the door on the 80s timeline. Yeah. But I also get the feeling that like we're gonna we're gonna be in all three of these timelines until the finale. Like I think they're gonna keep that up. I don't think we're gonna come to the conclusion of any one of them because the way we're dealing with memory and like him being kind of almost unstuck in time, I feel like clearly it's going to be here's the detail I missed in eighty. Here's the thing that I learned in ninety, and here's it all coming to fruition in 2015 the present timeline which i really there's so much in 2015 that i want to get to but let's let's talk about the 90s a little bit i guess we'll go slightly chronological on this one okay um so what did we get in the 90s timeline we get again the first of what i'm pretty sure is a david milch scene between wayne and amelia um, and this is kind of the the part two of the uh, the fight we saw in the previous episode. Yes. Um, what? How'd you feel about this, man? Because I absolutely love this scene. It reveals so much about him that, like, I, I just more and more Wayne might be my favorite detective in the history of this show. Period. Yeah. Um, I just I. I really, really like this dude. I really like him. And at every turn, when you think it might dip back into, you know, some of the stuff we saw Marty do in season one, um, some of the, you know, bad dad stuff you see with Velcoro, et cetera, et cetera, um, it never goes there. And, dude, the moment when he's like, if you keep talking like that, like, I'm going to cry, I was like, dude, that, like, that blew me away because yeah. it complete left turn from where you would expect any of this to go. And you, and I also, I think part of that is that military discipline, if you will, that like, no, that's not the go-to for him to like, you know, he's not going to get physical or violent with her. And I hope we never see that. I hope it doesn't ever raise to a point in the nineties where that is what happened because it seems like it would be so antithetical just to who he is. Um, and it also, you know, is rolled in with the case itself and like the kids leaving a bad home life and wanting to provide a good home life for his kids. Uh, just, yeah, I love that scene. Absolutely love that scene. Yeah. There's some what major else? cognitive dissonance going on in that scene. <laughs> for sure. Uh, what else do we get in the nineties? So the, the startup of the task force. Yep. And uh, them basically being told, we want you to base to reconfirm the the conviction. We're not trying to overturn this. Is what they're getting from the higher ups. Exactly. This is not. This is not go back and reopen every single angle of this. And very quickly, it's like we're we're not going to listen to any of that, right? 
And I was like, fuck yeah, okay. So under the noses of the higher-ups, there's there's clearly a lot of sprawl at this point. Like, there's definitely some high-level stuff. And, dude, there's some stuff I know that I really will save it to the end of the cast. But I'm so excited to share with you because I don't know if you saw the articles yet. No. Okay, clearly not, because I feel like I would have gotten a text about it. Um, speaking of which, dude, I feel like I'm like totally just rolling us through stuff. You sent me a picture earlier, some some documents. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had signatures all over them, but I definitely <laughs> saw a lot of notes. So uh, is there anything that you want to jump into, dude? Oh, By man. all means. I know this is weird because we're over the phone, not in person, just flowing. Well, next time we're in person, I can show you, but... Um... I mean, I had a ton of stuff, um, and it basically, if you read this, like I'm going to read it a little bit to you, it's going to sound like I'm trying to solve this case, because it <laughs> says, uh, Julie, excited about aunt, question mark, priest, Patty Farmer, fall fair dolls made, never wanted, um, uh, you're basically just writing Wayne's did, notebook that we don't see on screen. Yeah, <laughs> never, they never wanted the boy playing in the woods, mm-hmm. dead eye Negro, bought dolls, uh, Grown man with no with no agency happening life's happening around him. Fight over case. Major cognitive dissonance. Fight, fuck, make up. Sam Whitehead, <laughs> dead eye negro. Oh, okay, okay. I that does lead us into though we totally case yes, is a way of life. <laughs> okay, yes, that's twenty fifteen stuff. We can Roland, totally jump into that. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about some of this. Okay. So we totally have not talked about the whole church angle. They go and investigate the church. That's what leads them eventually to Sam Whitehead. Uh, we find the lady who made the chaff doll. She said, you know, I sold 10 of these to this one guy, this one black guy with a dead eye. Okay. No other descriptive details whatsoever. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's got nothing for him. So, uh, and eventually they double back to the church. They fingerprint the congregation, eyeball everybody during the service. You know, what what do you make of it, dude? Do you think the church has any interplay? Do you think it's just pure coincidence that he's, you know, in the first communion pose? What what do you think? Because I think again, it's that kind of thing where it's like surface level. You're meant to maybe be suspicious of the priest, but like if you think about it for a few seconds and like stuff you see later in the episode, I I don't really think he's a legit suspect at no, all. No, I don't know either. So, um. So, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to come of the church stuff. Maybe something with uh, the woman that Roland chats up, uh, mm-hmm. which we don't really get much of that scene. So I'm, I'm sure, you know, more to come on that note. Um, still, dude, I mean, oh, let's the, the dinner, the dinner scene we should really get to. Oh, yeah, that was uh, that was that was one of those. That's, I had to watch it again just to get all the subtleties. I was like, Ooh. again, that's that's one of those where you're like, this is. It's, it's milch, baby, uh, like 100%. <laughs> and their scenes, like, throughout the season together have been awesome, but this one, I mean, for an episode where you were like, oh, there's going to be this huge shootout and everything, that was the scene that I was just like, dude, this is, like, on another planet. This is so good. I could watch the two of them go back and forth for, like, hours. This is great. Great stuff. Um, Okay, 2015. Yeah, dude. Okay, we find out his son is a cop, and I love that it's just like, yeah, it's just like, it's revealed to us, 
And I don't know why we hadn't thought of it before, other than it hadn't been visually communicated or referenced. Yeah. But it's like, oh, okay. So what what is the deal with him and Eliza? Um, I, I mean, Seriously. I, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't put my finger on it. Maybe they were think, like friends in high school or something. Well, I think I I clearly it seems like they're having an affair, but I'm like, where does that overlap with the interviews and the case and like her re-exploring all of that? I just, I I don't know what's going on there. No, and it's really, it's really starting to bug me. Yeah. And the fact that he like, he goes to her to talk to her by himself. Right. You know, and and we find out from that that uh, the uncle is dead. Yep, found him in a in a gravel pit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, dude, sprawl, sprawl. I mean, it's the the main thing from 2015 that I want to talk about is the last, pretty much the last sequence with him as an old man in this episode. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what I was. That's what we were building up to. So the first time I watched it, wasn't paying attention. Just, okay, this is creepy. Okay, I get it. Like, he doesn't hear one voice because there's so many of them. And I got to thinking the next time I watched it, I was like, wait a minute. He can't hear one voice because there's too many of them. But he heard his wife's voice completely, clearly. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down in my notes, did he have something to do with his wife's death? Or does he think he do? He or does he think he does have something to do with it? Or is this like a my this case and me working it, me trying to figure it out, drove my wife crazy or like drove my wife away from me? Like, why is it that we see her in the same thing as we see all these dead Viet Cong? Mm-hmm. And more importantly, who the fuck is that guy in the suit with? I have no idea, man. That was the bad. The fact that he knew they were there, he kept telling him to shut up. And like they were just in the room with him and he knew it and he was more concerned with like, I got to get this out and figure it out. It's going to keep me alive. It's my way of staying alive. Like I got to do when he, when he asked them if they even make Mercury's anymore. Yes. <laughs> Almost I like, Oh God. If it's still here tomorrow, somebody's following me. Like I, I dude, I, mm. dude, I would watch an entire episode that is just him trapped in that room in the darkness. And you just bring things in and out. Like, Oh God, Marshali, just Mahershala, however we want to say it. <laughs> I know you and I had a debate about this off mic. Yeah. Um, it just continues to blow me away, dude. There's mm-hmm. just a brief little moment in the '80s segment. They're talking about religion, and Roland mentions that he's a Baptist, and he asked uh, Wayne, "You know, you ever know any Baptists?" And he's like, "Yeah, I knew one uh, good buddy." over there and it's like what happened to him and I'm, I cannot do it justice but he's just like yeah and then though just the the looks on his face man like oh yeah he's too good he is too fucking good yeah man, man. I, I I'm loving it because okay so you, you're talking about how good he is and I'm thinking back and I'm like you know he just randomly popped up in a place between the pines and I was just like... Place Beyond the Pines. Place Beyond the Pines, Between the Pines, Between Two Ferns, yeah. doesn't matter. He's uh, Kofi, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Like, how do you... Ugh, how can you not? Like, He's He's been around 
just killing it for a while now. Exactly. But it's just like now post-Moonlight and now See, probably was... going to follow up with a second, uh, a two-time Academy Award winner. He's probably going to take it for Green Book, uh, which I still have not seen. And, uh, He's but, you in know, Alita, for, isn't he? For, yes, I was going to say, for those of you that care about uh, Alita Battle Angel, which we're excited about. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, go listen to Rodriguez Revisited over on the movie arc. We'll have a new episode in February when we go review that. But yes, he is in that. And I'm, I'm excited, man. I, he's one of my favorite working actors right now. Like, probably top three. So, anyways. Uh, yeah, dude, that, that whole sequence. Which, presumably, it's like these are people that he killed or was responsible for the deaths of. So I like the connection, which I hadn't really thought of until this moment. Of like, yes, what exactly happened with the wife? Because I think offhandedly we've been made to hear that it was just you know possibly cancer or something like that like you know quote-unquote natural causes it wasn't anything crazy or this case was a cancer in uh, their life <laughs> there you go i don't that know got that could definitely be it <laughs> um all right so any any other big things you want to hit on i know we've just blasted our way through the entire episode um, and i'm sure we've left out a lot any other highlights for you what you got in that in the notebook the, um, there? like i said earlier the scene between roland and mr purcell like you can see you could you see where they're at in 90 and what it basically might be the fruition of their friendship but yep. him coming and picking him up from the bar and i can't stay in that house and you know you know oh i'm sorry oh, I, didn't mean, oh. I didn't mean to say that word you know Okay. Go ahead. Amelia and Mrs. Purcell. Ooh, that, yeah, that the was... other the other side of that scene. Oh yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, M- Mamie Gummer, she's she's killing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was another Milch Milch scene to me. Hmm. I again, you haven't watched Deadwood, dude. The second she was like, "I've got the soul of a whore," I was like, "That's a David Milch line, a hundred percent." I'm pretty sure that's a line in Deadwood at some point. Um, But yeah, that whole, like the way that that escalated and clearly, I mean, okay, my overall theory, or at least what I think they want us to be thinking, somebody at Hoyt Foods, whether it's the highest up dude or some other random person, they have a relationship. That is Julie's father. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. She either hid the pregnancy, didn't tell him, whatever. They find out after the words, you know, rumor spread, et cetera, et cetera. And that person wants to possibly rescue or is trying to seduce her away from the family. Uh, the brother tries to defend him. Uh, Will gets killed. And Julie's maybe not having a terrible time right now. And she's off living like a fun life somewhere that we don't know about. I think that's pro- possibly what's going to be revealed is like, she didn't have this dark, terrible time in between. But who knows? Yeah, because this is the first Maybe it is a crazy, crazy kid cult. We don't know. This is the first time where the, it is echoed of what if Will's death was just an accident. Which I'm, I'm leaning towards at this point. Me but too. again, it's like maybe they're pushing us in that direction so that we ultimately get a reveal that like, no, it, it was something else entirely. I, I don't know. So, uh... We still haven't seen 
the sedan's been mentioned, mm-hmm. which again I think is meant to be the Mustang that I brought up in the first episode. I don't know that we've seen it again. Uh, yeah, but it wouldn't be the sedan. It was. I thought we already saw it somewhere else though in '90. Like I thought we saw the sedan they were talking about that came around in the '90s timeline. In the '90s. Oh. In the 90 or the 80 timeline, because a mus- the Mustang wouldn't have been the sedan they were talking about, because Mustangs were never made as a sedan. That's right, and that's, I guess, why in my in my head, I'm like, they're not remembering the car right. They're remembering, like, the color, but they're not getting the make or model right. Yeah. But I'm probably just reading way too much into this to begin with. I don't know. Um, okay, I've got some, uh, I, I'll say giant spoiler alert right here, if anybody doesn't want to know some, like, extracurricular sleuthing uh i cannot take credit for this at all i saw it on the internet earlier today popped up in my google news feed you may not even want to know this brother oh no now i want to but it's in the promo for next episode Mm -hmm. okay at the 18 second mark you see a shot of eliza Mm -hmm. talking to wayne Mm mm-hmm and she she has some line about the case. I'm not sure. There's a laptop to mm-hmm. the side of her. You know who's on that fucking laptop, brother? Uh, Ray Velcoro. Rust Cole and Marty Hart. And the headline reads, um, Local private detectives solve serial killer murder or something to that effect. Holy fucking shit it's connected it's official we are tying back into season one in some way shape or form before this season is over okay it does i listen whether she says them by name or specifically references this case people fucking like isolated this image and they found it on there 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 is a shot of rust and marty on her laptop okay Okay. i'm gonna have to do that right away for myself (laughs) But also, no more under the under the gun in it with the next one. Like I said, we would do it before. Nothing big happened. Nothing crazy happened. So it's okay that we're like cutting it short. But I almost debated taking a pause on this week and saying, "Hey, we'll cover both of the Pizzolatto episodes in yeah. one giant go." But I feel like we would probably end up doing a disservice to our reactions to four. If they were informed by where we ultimately are going to go oh, in no, we five. Get the hot take. Yes. No, I agree. It's got to be the hot take. So, uh, I'm excited. Again, it subverted my expectation. I was like, it built me up and then it kind of just like, oh man, right at the end. But there was so much to love about this episode. And I'm actually about to go rewatch it again right now before I go to bed uh, as I edit and get this episode up. Awesome. Uh, so I, I'm sure we may have some residual stuff or stuff you didn't get to in your notes. Hopefully we can cover that next week in a more timely fashion. Uh, this is our shortest episode to date right now. This is 20, 27, 28 minutes, somewhere in there. 27 on my, my end. Um, so uh, let, me, let me make sure there wasn't one or two other things I wanted to say before we get out of here. Um, Go for it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we find out that uh, Mrs. Purcell OD'd in 88. Um, what else did I have? 
again, uh, oh yeah, Wayne says that, you know, we haven't really finished talking about what happened in 80, and much less 90, which is more haunting than anything. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, your dinner scene, uh, interesting. Wayne did not know his father. You're going to have to go to somebody else for that information. And to me, that says a ton about him mm-hmm. as he's trying to navigate life as a father having dealt with what he dealt with in 80. Like, you think if he didn't deal with what he dealt with in 80 and he just became a dad, then it's whatever. But knowing what, like, seeing what Mr. Purcell went through, mm-hmm. you know, obviously all the men that are in this shootout we're about to see, they're all fathers. That's half the reason why they're freaking out about... Um, and in, Yeah, in and I mentioned that last episode, which is, like, I'm glad that I have such conflicted feelings about, like, part of me really wants to see Woodard like kill all of these guys yes, exactly. very violently and be totally justified in it. Well, the other side think. of me is like the tragedy of all of this, of just like the escalation between this guy didn't do it. We're pretty well convinced at this point. He has nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's It like is dumb. literally just based on like, his race and his class that he is judged the way he is and so again it's like it feels justified i want to see him do that but i'm like i also don't want to see a bunch of dads who are just concerned for their children's well-being who again should not be escalating it to this level to begin with but i don't want to see a bunch of you know fathers who care get slaughtered on the back of like again what you're talking about like what tom's dealing with and you know, Eliza references the sheer number of fatalities associated with this case. And so I've got to imagine like the fallout from that many deaths that much. Cause presumably, I mean, they're in a, they're in a neighborhood. Yeah. And so they're not in a totally isolated area. Like I'm thinking collateral damage is going to be a serious issue. No, here's what I'm thinking. They're going to pin it as well, Wayne, this was your dude. And you let him go. Like, you you didn't... You know, y'all brought him in. Yeah, and clearly, he felt the heat closing in, so that's why he staged all of this, Mm -hmm. you know? Because there's no... He didn't go and file a police report about, hey, these guys assaulted me on the side of the road. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, can you have a word with these guys? He decided to handle it himself. And so... You gotta think is too... Because, I mean, let's just assume that the other dads there aren't Vietnam dudes. And he says to them, as one vet to another, I ain't like those other guys. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just minding my business, picking up trash and whatnot. You know? And then this happens. So they're going to pin whatever happens. I guarantee you they're going to pin it on him. And that's what's going to be his stunted career, as the former boss, now Attorney General, says. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, another thing... Oh, what was I going to mention? Oh, the and the fact that, like, right... I, I loved it that right before... This is the second time this has happened, essentially. Right before they get the call about the men with guns and everything at the house, he said, kid's probably going to be in jail when he's 25, but not for this. You know, like, they, they know they mm-hmm. can't, like, pin him, pin anything on this kid, but they don't mind letting him sweat and freak out about it. Like, the fact that he's right. bawling, crying, he's like, I think he's done... Never mind, he's not done. Yeah, it catches another wave of it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and so I think we can uh, officially say it, we're not going down the West Memphis 3 route, probably, yeah. at this point. But I thought it was interesting that that came back in. Oh, yeah, another thread that Kind of a little late in, uh, late in the game. But, of course, we saw that bike in the opening episode. And, obviously, you're a little suspicious, but you're also like, they would never show me this. It's like, obviously, this kid's not the killer. <laughs> so, yeah. um. And I'm trying to remember, do we get any any details from his side of the story that led us anywhere else? Just that he, or chased, anything of them. Note? he chased them off into the woods. And the only reason why he had the bike was because he was a nerd. He was hanging around. He was protecting his sister. And, and he, he chased them into the woods a little bit. But I thought part of that narrative was it was just Will. Yeah. It was like Julie was not with him at that point. Something like that. So he was either looking for her or, yeah, okay. All right, yeah, I need to rewatch this episode like two or three more times, which I'm probably going to do because I cannot wait for Sunday. Uh, But benefit of recording these a little ways into the week, I turn around and then boom, it's just like it's almost here. Yeah, well, At least that's been the case so far. So while everybody else is watching the Patriots win another Super Bowl, you and I will be watching True Detective, which I think actually is probably a dope move because this Sunday, which was the Pro Bowl, you have nothing going on, essentially. Now, next Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, that's when your big, extravagant, midway, midpoint, whatever, that's when it's going to pop off. And it's like, I don't know if they planned that, but if they didn't, you know kind of interesting but if they planned it as yeah we're going to have the big episode that everybody's been waiting for that's going to happen on Super Bowl Sunday like fuck yeah man go for it why not I'm we're already in for season three we're coming back for four and then when they bring them all together and they make them all meet in five like it's just going to be great I, I can't wait for it dude uh yeah so when I saw that on the internet earlier today I was just like I, the, the possibilities are endless and we could we could sit here and theorize about all the different ways they connect etc cetera, etc cetera. but I tell you man if Matthew McConaughey walks in at the end of the just we, you know we see their names at the beginning of every episode because they're still on as executive producers mm-hmm. but it's just like if they just all of a sudden just like you know Rust and Marty just show up final episode and it's like we got a lot to talk about and that's the note they end on oh yeah just take my money hbo take take all of my money oh god it's getting exciting man i mean it's been it's been an exciting season but i cannot wait to see where we're going we only got four left yeah uh yeah good place to be all right so for this week on tuesdays with noah and gav where we've been discussing episode four of True Detective season three, entitled The Hour and the Day. I have been Noah. And I've been Gav. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. See you next week, gumshoes. Only on Tuesdays. Well, I grabbed up my suitcase, took out down. When I got there, he was laying on the cooling board. Grabbed up my suitcase, and I
God is love, brother. God is love. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to, dude. That there's a whole lot of pussy in church. Or like, oh, I gotta get back into church. Like just rolling <laughs> at church, dude. I just like it, it was perfect. I can't. I could not like could not throw that in there. So, dude, you could dwarf sh- is just he's killing oh, it. He's back, man. I hope this is a, yes. a dwarfissance. Dude, I told I told Perk and he was like, Steven Dorf? Like fucking Deacon Frost. <laughs> fucking Blade? Yeah. Are you dude, kidding like, me? Yeah, dude. With my comment, my oh, follow was, yeah, man, the e cigarette dude. He's in this season. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda makes me want to go watch that Leatherface movie he was in. Yeah. It's like, dude, dude were I you practicing the accent? Because he's so good at it, man. Yeah. He just like slipped into this I so perfectly. About that, and I would I would have never like if you had asked me, like, name your top twenty picks to be the co, the co, you know, the second-hand detective in the next season of True Detective, Stephen Dorff would have been nowhere near that list, man. But I'm so glad he's in the fucking show. Like, he's so good. Honestly, dude, when I heard Stephen Dorff, I was like, if, like, I wonder if he went in for Tom Purcell, but they gave him way or Roland, and if like Scoot went in for Roland, but they gave him Tom Purcell. Because I feel like if you switch them, you would still have a great fucking actor in both roles. Oh, 100%. But I'm also just like, I don't know, man. He's probably played one at some point. There's something I fundamentally don't buy about Scoot as a cop or like a high-ranking detective. I don't know what it is, but this like pseudo-white trash dad... um, borderline alcoholic born again christian like i told like that's you know it's totally in his wheelhouse you know what i buy this as i buy this as i mean and they show you him in the first season so it really doesn't matter but if they don't show you will byers's dad in the first season of stranger things he could totally be tom purcell like <laughs> you know what i mean like tom purcell could sure. be will byers's actual father if we wanted to go that route Think We're not it. going that route. I know, but think about it. It's totally something you could do. Why the fuck do you have to bring up Stranger Things again? Because it's what I do. It's my trademark. I do it in every episode. <laughs> it's my trademark. It's like a gotcha sucker or something. I like hope that. you're still recording, dude. You know oh, this is going in. I'm at 38.5 minutes. I got all okay. this. You're going to get all this in the audio file, so just do what you want. 38.5. I think you're a little bit ahead of me. I, we'll, we'll sync it up, however. But go ahead and uh, I guess let's hit stop and then... Uh, Get get it over to me so I can so I can get it up. Okay. Hopefully before midnight, but might be pushing it on this one. We'll be close, but yeah, I'll get it to you in just a second. All right, I am stopping now. <laughs>